The next stop is Knickerbocker Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Fortune 500. Uh-huh. Our burn hits production. That's right. And we repping for the New York Knicks. Live from the garden, the Knicks game starting. The blue and the orange, the best five starting. Regardless if it's close or a large margin. We hungry for a win. The fan base starving. Bounding, astounded. Dishing and we swishing. We run the whole city. Ain't no competition. From Patrick to Willis. Frazier to Strickland. The next generation. We carry on tradition. Year after year. Season after season, yeah. arena full of fans, screaming out defense, playoff intensity, got our hearts beating, the sneakers keep squeaking, hear the heart breathing, Whoa. swishing through the net, yeah. players take flight, flight. vibing with the vets, the coaches need a fight, head them with attack, the players about to fight, yeah. it's all about respect, ain't taking any slight, no. a piece of the apple, about to take a bite, about to take a ride, up to new heights, this is our year, the future real bright, right. shining real bright like the New York City lights. The Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is officially the off-season. The off-season edition kicking off here on the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. I'm your boy, the infamous one himself. Yes, I'm back. I, I went into hibernation for a little bit. Um, essentially, I'm kind of the kind of guy that um, I'll root for my team. Don't get me wrong. I'll still watch the playoffs, but... I'm not going to root for them. I'm not going to analyze them. I'm not going to give them the same kind of attention that I give my New York Knicks, um, the same kind of energy. And, um, you know, we have a new NBA champion for, you know, for once. It's not a team that we, we haven't heard of for the first time ever, the Denver Nuggets. And I know that most people are congratulating them. Yeah, this year I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm no disrespect to them at all. I'm the kind of person that's like, you know what, okay, yeah, you won the title, man, took your ass to you, but at the same time, my team didn't win. And I'm pissed about that. I'm kind of sick of this year at the year at the year thing, where this is not our year. And it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. We can even talk about baseball. The Yankees don't win the World Series. The Giants, we get eliminated in the playoffs. The Rangers, same thing. The Knicks, same thing. I get a, I become a bitter person. And after you know year after year, it's, it's how long has it been since that since since, since you know this city's won a title. 2012, when the Giants won their last football 46, right? So it's been a minute, and I'm getting bitter. I have respect. Respect. I, I will congratulate them. I'll respect. Respect to the Denver Nuggets for winning the NBA title. Respect yeah. to the Las Vegas Golden Knights for winning the Stanley Cup. But until that, but everybody else, man, fuck y'all. What's up, Steve? What's going on, man? We, we'll talk. All that stuff at 8.45 p.m. or the 45th minute of this episode of the, what the Nuggets did and the rest of the teams. We'll, let's do the focus on our squad for the first 45. Anything you want to get off your chest? I know you've been on a hiatus and uh, because you're morally more so in on the Knicks, but on this platform, it's pretty much been an inside-out uh, approach 
our squads first and then the rest of the leagues, and we're going to tackle that this summer on all the shows. So, so I mean, let's talk Knicks, man. Uh, whatever is on your chest on the Knickerbockers this offseason. This is the first uh, episode of the offseason. Matter of fact, we'll be back on next Wednesday, matter of fact. Then after that, we won't be on for a couple of weeks. So we'll be back that week. So next week, we'll definitely tra- uh, tackle the draft prospects. I might even get to some of that at, after 8.45 p.m. on the NBA draft. But man, yeah. What are your thoughts, man, on the Knicks? Av, on your Knicks? I mean, you've been—we <clears throat> haven't heard from you in about a month, maybe. I think three weeks or something like that. Yeah, give or take a month. On the show, so. And, and, I mean, and, time um, flies. I mean, from my position, time flies because I'm always on here talking sports. But what about the Knicks? Like, what what's on your mind when it comes to the Knickerbockers? Like, what's like real news? You know, and that's another thing. That's why I don't be on the social media, the Twitter, because to me, it's just like. It is every summer. A lot of fans have too much time on their hands, wasting time about things that's never going to happen. Let's look at our roster as far as uh, currently constructed contracts, pieces that make sense, how we get better. I already know kind of – you guys kind of know where I am, but let's let's revisit the next. What, what are your thoughts uh, uh, this first 40, 45 minutes on this? Well, the New York Knicks um, find themselves in a, in a, in a um, different position than they have in years past. Um, obviously, a second-round exit in the playoffs, uh, a lot of promise, a lot of possibilities. I mean, it, it, um, you know, a lot of people would have would easily have said the Knicks could have possibly have made it to the NBA Finals. And I know I did see that up post a, a lot of times. Uh, on my Facebook feeds and everything like that, you know, so it should have been the Knicks and the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Whatever you, you know, however you want to feel, however you want to say it, I mean, it's possible. I kind of felt the same way a little bit too, but we do find ourselves in a different position than we have in years past. Um, you know, we just um, released um, general manager Scott Perry. Um, so mm-hmm. the Knicks will probably, probably I'm, I'm, from what I'm hearing, they're probably going to promote from within. However, you know, the, 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 the possibilities are, are endless, considering that Leon Rose and World Wide West, um, are, you know, they're at the helm. They're looking at, you know, the possibility of making the Knicks a possible contender. So when you look at this roster up and down, you look at where Jalen Brunson is, according to, I forget who Wilson reported it, Jalen Brunson is the 25th best player in the NBA. Um I don't know who the other 24 are ahead of him. Uh, I mean, you could probably name five off top, but I don't know how, they, how the ranking system is in, in anything like that. I have to check that list. But you have to really look at this roster up and down and, and really give it a very fine-tuned, critical you know, critique of each and every individual player, what they bring to the table, what they need to improve on, and will that be enough? to push the Knicks over the hump. Now, I know a lot of people want to keep the team as, you know, as pretty much as, as intact as it is, and then, then you got some of the other fans, you know, like you said, they're, you know, they got way too much time in their hands, too much time on Photoshop to Photoshop, a, you know, their favorite player in the Knicks jersey. Um, I don't really have time for that. I mean, sometimes they're, they're, they're an interesting read. Sometimes it's funny or, or, or kind of like, you know, just to kill the time. But... You have to look at this roster as it is. Look, and you have to think about all right. This is where the this is where the roster is. Josh Hart more than likely is going to decline his option, his player option, and become a free agent. What do the Knicks do with him? Obviously, when he came over to the Knicks, you know, via that trade from Portland, he 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 did all the dirty work, all the little things to make this team a viable contender in the playoffs. 
And I mean, yeah, offensively, you know, he kind of disappeared a little bit in the playoffs, but he still he was still a dog. He was still getting his rebounds. He was still getting assists. He was still getting steals. He was becoming a he was a great defender. What is he asking price? You know, how much how much are we talking about here? Are we really talking about you know a four year something on the line of seventy to eighty million dollars a year? I mean, are you willing to pay that? And then when you when you think about it, and you're looking about you know. Do we do sign and trade? You know, and who do you sign and trade? And who do you sign and trade for? Um, I know Quickly is going to be coming up for an extension soon. Um, Toppin is not too far behind him. You have to, you still don't know what you're going to do with Evan Fournier, even though a lot of you know there, there are a lot of veteran teams are considering you know adding some you know some experienced shooting, um, which the Knicks need as well. But they don't for some reason they just don't want Evan Fournier shooting because of his liability okay. on defense. So, where do we go from here? Um, All right. The possibilities right. are wanna... and and then and the last thing, the Knicks don't own their draft pick this year, so we're not in the first round as of this very moment. So all right, keep let's, that let's, in let's mind. go. Well, all, all, let's go to all the points you said. Uh, uh, we were saying about um, Scott Perry being, being released. Let me ask you this. Let's start there. How did you feel about Scott Perry? Perry being released and also his tenure as the general manager. Like, what were your thoughts on Perry uh, as far as, you know, him being as a GM? What are your thoughts, your honest thoughts? I think Scott Perry did a, did a decent job. He, he's obviously a little better than, than the other guys that we've had in the past. Um, he, de- he definitely maintained a level of consistency and stability, you know, with maintaining and either a acquiring or or, or you know or retaining the draft rights to all their picks over the last four or five years, which is something that hasn't been done in New York in a long time. I mean, long have been the days where the Knicks would just trade their picks on a weekly basis. It all seems, and what they got in return was was either an over the hill star. Or a player that was a bust from the beginning, and I will, I will still never forgive Steve Mills for the Andrea Bargnani deal. But it's, you know, Scott Perry did bring a level of consistency and professionalism. Um, I don't think that he brought exactly what the Knicks were needing, but they, but he did provide a, a smooth transition from Steve Mills over to Leon Rose as the president of, of basketball operations. And he, he, he did, from what I, can, what I can tell, he did a mentor, Leon Rose, into how to do, the, how to do basketball operations um, from that transition from being a, a big-time agent, which is, you know, commendable. So I commend Scott Perry for the, for the job well done. Um, he didn't make us worse, which was more we can say, than, you know, from other GMs in the past, but we didn't get worse. We actually got a little bit better, and that goes to thing. And hell, you think the first the first thing he he did when he got here was the Carmelo Anthony trade. And I mean, kudos to him. He he, he made that deal happen, and, mm-hmm. and and we actually didn't get fleeced over it. So commend you know kudos to him. Yeah, I thought I thought he had a, a good tenure despite where the Knicks were before he came along, and then I know there was a lot of back and forth the. the uh, the mixture with him and Steve Mills, but I, he got the Knicks progressively better, whether he had more full, full on say, or he was just the title at hand at GM. 
I, I, I listen. I don't really necessarily have necessarily any issues per se with him. Now, there's going to be a lot of unknown backdoor conversations with the Knicks front office. It's almost like the Rangers. We just had this conversation last night. It's just that you don't know who had the final final say, who had the more influence, and then you trans over transition over to the Leon Rose Worldwide West regime. And him and, and Perry being there, that it's really, to me, it's still unclear who had what. But we only could go off of what face value and the value of the Knicks between the last three seasons. He had a, the first COVID year, uh, bringing in Randall. Whether Perry had a lot to do with that or not, he was still on Perry's watch. Uh, they had a down year, year after that. And then, uh, obviously, um, Brunson coming over. But I think that was probably more so his father, his connections with Leon Rose. But it's still under the general manager's toolage. He's still going to get credit whether it was him or not. So I I think um, it, it, we've seen worse. Let's put it like this. I, I don't want to spend too much time or long-winded on that. Just the results of it, I mean, the Knicks have been in a little bit better positions despite the cap situation. Like you said about the Carmelo Anthony trade, that is true. You're absolutely correct about that. Um, and then also, let me ask you this, Ab, I don't know – who do you think there's a name out there as as far as a replacement general manager's name? I don't have one, so I can't give you one. So I'm going to you, Nickelbacker. Do you have a replacement GM name over Scott Perry? Um, at this given point, <clears throat> the Knicks have not actually looked. From what I know, they haven't looked into replacing Scott Perry as of yet. I know that mm-hmm. they have people in the interim, um, you know, towards the transition while he starts to ease out because his contract, um, I think, um, expires at the end of this month. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a, a GM by committee between Leon Rhodes and um, William Wesley. And even an Allen Houston, who has been serving as, as an assistant GM for the last, what, now 10 years? And uh-huh. so... I'm I, I'm seeing more of that. I don't think I, I I just don't foresee the Knicks and Leon Rose honestly going out too far outside of the organization as currently constructed to look for to bring in another person to make some business decisions. I'm considering that you know they're trying to build um a, a you know a different culture and a different um, a different mindset and a different model. And I don't I just don't see you know somebody else you know getting involved. Interesting, you said Alan Houston. I don't. Okay, I I really don't have a clue uh, the capacity of him as a general manager or what would be outside of this intern intern um, assistant general manager role that he uh, had. Um, I don't have a clue. Um, based on what we know as this roster and whoever was constructing this roster, um, I don't think the Knicks are that far off. Right now, and I, you know it's funny because you said something about Jalen Brunson being the 25th best player. I guess somebody's uh, opinion or some somebody wrote about it. But I also um, I saw uh, the NBA odds for the 2024 NBA Finals, the top 10 teams. I, I was a little surprised the Knicks were not in that conversation or for as best. So if you're a gambling person, if you're on Caesar's uh, sports book, uh, the Knicks. <laughs> I would actually hedge on that that bet. You never know. I don't, I didn't think the Knicks were that far off after losing to Miami. They just had a couple of players 
our uh, Robin and and, um, and our Alfred and Randall and uh, Barrett, where they melted. Well, they they didn't show up, and I don't know how to get around that. I don't think they're gonna fully replace. Well, I, you know, you already know where I stand on that. Like, I if they could get something out of those wings in Brooklyn, you know, you know, we, we could deal a package deal with Barrett, then I'm with it. But uh, it would have to be something like that. Um, you know, I saw the, the tweet by Dom to you and me on Twitter earlier this week about RJ shooting down in Orlando. I mean, that, you know, <laughs> none of that stuff impresses me. It looked, it looked like YMCA ball, Boys and Girls Club ball. Um, the point is, uh, what I'm going to say as far as construction in this team, my biggest issue is, as, as bad as our two and three was, we have got to find a way to get some offense out of the five. And you already know if we can find a way to invite some shooting to replace uh, Mitch, there's the start. And if, was, if there was a way to get a, a guy who could shoot more, or if you find another center and you move Hartenstein to the uh, center role, then maybe you could do something. So meaning if you can't find a Miles Turner for a Mitch or whatever, and you find a backup center to replace Hartenstein. Because I thought Hartenstein showed a lot of effort. And to me, Ab, I, he has the stroke. Like, we've seen him shoot not a lot of perimeter shots, Ab, but enough to say, okay, the guy got good form. I think if he worked on it and he shot it and they analytically studied it and, and gave it some, uh, uh, you know, pretty much a study – I think he's a capable 33, 34% three-point shooter off of his form, his stroke, his lift, his height. What are your thoughts on on that? Before I get to Josh Hart, or we'll go back to Josh Hart, your point on him, what are you thinking about, you know, what I just said about Mitch, replacing Mitch? You already know I'm pro Miles Turner, pro Miles Turner but if you can't, what about the heart and steam moving up in there and finding a backup center for that? What are your thoughts? Um, you know what? You, you, you wouldn't be off. Um, if if you decided to go with Isaiah Hardenstein as your starting center and possibly even moving Jericho Sims as his backup, I don't know if he's ready. Oh, I don't know if he yeah. has. I don't know if yeah. he has enough um, to you know to, to really step into the role. But you know you really have to consider um, you know the free agency class. And when it comes to centers, the top of the list, Nikola Vucevic over Chicago. You know he's he's um. He's a, you know, he'd be a vast improvement to, to Mitchell Robinson on the offensive end. 17.6 points a game, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 52% for shooting. The only issue is the dude you know, is coming off a $22 million a year contract, and I don't think the Knicks have something like that. Same thing with Brooke Lopez. Right, right. Brooke Lopez would, would also be a, 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 a great upgrade. 15, you know, he averages 16 and 7 a night. Uh, about, he does about two blocks. Uh, his you know, his consistency in, in staying healthy is a little bit iffy, but, you know, it, it, it's been it's proven ever since he left Brooklyn. And, um, you know, I, I think that he can be had, you know, for one of the mid-level exceptions with taxpayers. That, I mean, that would just mean that you're probably giving up on, on Josh Hart because he's going to want something along the lines of $16, $17 million. I don't know how that would work unless, you know, you start denouncing people. Um, Kyle Kuzma, I know, is a, is a name that's being thrown out a lot. Um, you know, great. Uh, so is Christos Porzingis. Um, I'm not very, I'm not too keen on the idea of bringing Porzingis back to New York. Um, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, and, you know, it would be kind of cool to kind of reconcile that whole situation. The very the, the fact of the matter is is that I, I don't know if I can replace Mitchell Robinson for a taller, you know, just, you know, a little bit more offensively gifted Mitchell Robinson because that's exactly what Christoph Porzingis really is. But he's hurt more. You know, he's a little bit more fragile. And I, and, and I don't know if I, if no, I can, if not, I can put all my eggs. We're, we're not even going to waste Christoph Porzingis. No, no, thank you. No, thank I'm, you. I'm, 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 I'm of the mindset that <clears throat> why, do you wanna, why do you wanna bring a guy in that's only gonna play about forty five to fifty games a year and yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you already have a you already have a bad taste in your mouth about him as it is. You know but yeah, yeah, really let's, gonna let's be that piece. yeah, let's move on, man. I mean we I, we're in agreement. Let's not even think about Christos Brazingas because of time. But the, the Brooke Lopez you know what, I would not be opposed to it at the right value. But he's a little bit older. Um, but, yeah, that, but the, the, I think the whole point is we got to look at upgrading the uh, center position scoring-wise while not t- taking too much of a hit defensive rebound. You see, I do value Mitch's ability to defensive rebound, although I thought or think he should be doing more rebounding, meaning there's been games he's had at 15, 16 rebounds. I thought, he, you know, because of his length, and because of his offensive li- li- liability, I thought he should have been. If he's not going to, he should have basically been Rodman, basically Dennis Rodman on the boards for us. If you're not going to score, if you're not going to shoot a, a, a healthy free throw percentage, you should be getting 18 boards a night at seven two, 18 boards a night, and stay out of foul trouble. And we, I would have, and I'll be, I'll be okay with that. I, but he's not that. It's just the motor is not there for me. It's not there for me. So, yeah, I'm with you, like, on a – you know, Brooke Lopez is a little older in age, and he's an offensive threat, and he'll get your rebounds, but the durability through an 82-game season, so that's something to keep an eye out on. That is something to keep an eye out on. But I, I would be kind of open to that, and I have to really look at that. Uh, what was the other center? You said Porzingis. No, I'm not even going to adjust Porzingis. That, that ship has sailed. Um, well, was there another center you said in that, in, in your, um, your response? Oh, see, he, somebody like that or, or Valanchunas, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a 31-year-old veteran center hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't really won. Th- th- something like that, you know, at, at a right price, though, at the right price. So can't overpay for them. So, yeah, I'm with that. that Valen- you know, Jonas Valanchunas from the Pelicans, uh, Vucevic from the Bulls. You know, I, I would be okay with that, although I would go younger if I could and get Miles Turner. That, that's kind of where I stand. Uh, as far as reconstruction of this team for the next uh, season, you know? I, I agree with you. But then my biggest question is, is that, all right, if you're going to put all your eggs in, in your basket for your center, does that mean that you're moving forward with Julius Randle? Because, well, you know, so that's the thing. They would occupy, you know, closely similar to, you know, occupy more or less the same space on or off, you know, deep in the post. Do you – are we also going to operate on the assumption that Randall's going to be retained and he'll be starting next season of the Knicks, or will we be trying to move him to bring in somebody else? It, okay, here's the question. See, this is where it gets into that Knicks Twitter thing where you start playing Knicks trade, trade uh, general manager all day. Well, if you know anything of me over the last season or two seasons – I'm pro Julius Randle, and I understand 
what happened on that court and his struggles offensively. And and I kind of look at it circumstantially, circumstantially, and I'm not trying to give him an out, Av. I'm, I really – like, he was playing great. He was all-star for us. Let's remember, he was an all-star for us. He was he pretty much – I thought he would have had a spectacular playoff run. He ran into that ankle injury. And he didn't come back into the playoffs to that Cleveland series. Yeah, he um he struggled. Um, but I thought the timing of the ankle going into the end of the year. Remember, the Knicks didn't necessarily have anything to play for anyway. Um, I'm pro Julius Randle, honestly, and I understand that rubbed Nick, a lot of Knicks fans the wrong way. Now, if but I question the Knicks fans or do you, if you was to move Julius Randle, what makes sense? Because I don't know a player you can get back for him. Like who who's available that you would want to get for Randall? Mind you, as you know, Ab, that guy plays every night in a low management NBA. I kind of need him to get through the regular season. And if you don't get, if you don't have him, then that's the same question I asked Chris multiple times: Who replaces Randall for eighty-two games? Because you know Randall's going to play 80, 82 games as long as nobody uh, puts their foot out and for you know for his foot to you know slide up into his ankle. Right. That's you see that would be the, the, the you, you know the big the big um, the big question though is that you know I'm look I'm in favor of Julius Randle I'm actually you know a, a, a big fan of Julius Randle um, my problem with Randle though is that you know last season really put a bad taste in my mouth with that attitude and just shutting down and then you know. It, 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 you know, there are times where he has some certain behaviors and mannerisms that kind of make him look like he's not interested or he's not engaged, even though he's playing his ass off. But, you know, it's just the way he carries himself. So, so sometimes you overlook that and you give him that pass. He is right now, as as we as currently stands, he's the face of the team, the face of the franchise, and, you know, he's the top dog. My thing is that, I'm not opposed to trading Julius Randle if you're bringing me someone of greater value. You got to give me a name, though. See, that's the thing when I when I when I like, that's why when I have these conversations with you guys and just on Nick's social media, we need specific names. Like, who is that person? Because see, when we um, when we ask Chris, when we ask the Godfather specifically, he mentioned Carl Anthony Towns. You know, for me, I said no. I'm not bringing Anthony Towns. So it's it's easy to say okay we need to bring in a guy okay who is that by name like who is that person um, the See, that's, only that's, person that's the, uh-huh. the only person that I would possibly feel comfortable with you know giving up on Julius Randle mm-hmm. and this is gonna pain me to the to my core okay is Kevin Durant it's Kevin Durant. That's the only way I would do that. I don't think the Suns would want to do that. I'm not saying saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that Phoenix is even interested. I know that Phoenix is interested in in moving Chris Paul, and they want to build around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I'm just saying, if you're going to replace Julius Randle, you got to get me a Kevin Durant-type dude. you got to get me a Giannis. you got to get me somebody somebody like that. I know well, it's not going to happen, look, look, look. but I'm just saying, I, I, you I, need to get me a player like that. Well, well, I don't think there's a player available like that this offseason. That's the point. So um, the Suns situation, I kind of understand a little bit because I kind of read up on it or listened to a lot of the, uh, the Suns podcast guys because, you know, kind of what we do on the Knicks side. 
the, that owner, the new owner for the Suns, he's committed. Like the guy went to Michigan State, played college ball. He's committed to building through those two guys, Booker and, and, and Durant. So um, after all that, what they gave up in the um, the Nets trade, uh, they're not. I don't think they're going to mortgage. And, and Durant cost a lot of money, and he's older in age. I don't think the Knicks want to go the old Isaiah Thomas uh, Zeke route. How they used to sign all these old aging players in the 2000s? No, 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 no. We we we're smarter than that. We've learned our lessons. You know what I'm saying? No, hell no, I ain't going back to that. And I I know he's the yeah, and I get it, but nah, nah, man, we've been down that road 20 years ago. Hell no, I don't want to do that. But and and, 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 that, and you would be right to say that. You would be right to say that. But if the question came up to me, like who do you trade Julius Randle for? This is like if you're getting a player. Of that of that talent or that caliber, then you would have to entertain that idea. Aside from that, no, no, what no, are we no, talking no. about? The question the question is correct, but the question needs this little nuance you're leaving out. That is available. See, see okay. that's the part. Well, see, I'm the, looking at who's available. The answer is the answer is none. Not after the, the there is name. none. Right. There really isn't one even even available by trade because if you really think about it, if the all right, say that the Knicks, you know, do a deal with Phoenix to get you know to, to help them out with the Paul situation, and in and, and, and in the in the thing, this is hypothetical. I'm not doing a a, a, a a Knicks trade machine. I don't have the machine in front of me for me to the salaries or anything. But say they do something where they trade. Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson over to Phoenix for DeAndre Ayton and um, and Chris no. Paul and the player to be named later. I mean, no, I would entertain it. I would no, entertain it. I would entertain that's it. That's a terrible trade. I would entertain it. Would entertain it I would not, hey, DeAndre Ayton is not going to New York, man. He's not going to I'm not saying that he is, but I would at least entertain the idea. I wouldn't even – I mean, I, I have to consider it. Because I because you have to look at what you're getting back and what you're giving up. You're giving up essentially twenty five, twenty and five, and two blocks a game for a, you know for an aging an aging superstar and probably a you know surefire Hall of Famer and and yeah, you know I, and I, nothing I, I would hate that trade. I I would consider not being a Knicks fan for the rest of my life if they did that trade. I would I, that would be the first time I've ever said that. If they ever even considered entertaining that trade, I would I would be a giant Yankee Ranger. Gyr, I'm out. I'm off the K at that point because that 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 so, will that that will run me off the fan the fan trip. <laughs> I'm out after that. So, so that's, essentially, that's so essentially what you're telling me is, so essentially what you're telling trip. me is, is that if that if that were to happen, the next Bucket having a fan form is canceled. <laughs> I, you know, man. All right. I'll be. I'll be living. Help me out, please. Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you something real quick about the Randall, and because I, I think there's an important point you said. See, I get what people say about Randall, and he has that it, it has that attitude. And I remember Lod brought it up in the game, guys, when we played in Orlando, and he was yelling at quickly. Listen, you know, it's really a nuance to me, an anomaly. I like he has that chip because to me, he plays with that chip, and it shows in his stats. It's not like. He plays with that aggression and attitude, and he's not producing. And, and I know, and it rubs a lot of Nick fans the wrong way, the professor and a lot of Nick fans on social media. 
Even going back the year we didn't, you know, when Steph Curry with the three-point record and he flipping off the fence, I, to be honest, I, I actually liked it because I thought the Knicks fans were in the wrong cheering for the opponent on our home court. Like, like you know, me, me and you are millennial Knicks fans. Like, these, some of these fans, and I don't want to get down that road, but the point is I thought Julius Randle dealt it in a real way and not a political way, and I thought that was genuine because some players will keep it in and kind of like fake the funk, and a lot of it is fake. A lot of these players do with the, you know, with the uh, the WWE acting. I'm for the Knicks, or I'm for the team, whatever, whatever team. Julius wears his emotions on his sleeve, and I actually respect that because you kind of know what you're getting with him, whether you like it or not. But that's just me. So with that said, I understand his struggles in the playoffs. And it was hard. And then, you know, Miami, listen, they went to the finals in that zone defense, did it to the Boston Celtics. It did it to um, um, who was the other team they played? Boston, uh, us, uh, the team ever they beat in the first round. Oh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, like, like, look, look who they went through. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, listen, they had, they, they hey, you got to give that, that, I hate to say it, we have to give them credit. They had a scheme. And it, it got to Randall, and to me, that scheme got to Randall because when it all said and done, when Bam Adebayo would collapse and come down on Randall on double teams, and he tried to find Mitch on a couple times on plays, Mitch was lost without the ball. You get a center who could score, we, that, that, that issue is solved. So that's why I say let's try to find a replay, an offensive-minded center that will actually try to give us maybe eight boards a night, nine boards where, where you know, Mitch is probably more well, on the 11, 12 side of rebounds a night. I would say on average, give or take. So if you could make up four rebounds and, and, and get better free throw, remember, dude, they did a hack and shack on Mitch Robinson. Man, dude, I haven't seen that in twenty years. It seems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, I saw you saw a hack and shack. You know what I'm saying? That's total disrespect. Um, when it was, I told you they, when it was invented, and Shaq was the one doing it. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while, right? So. They did not respect him on that court. We want you to go to that. That is, listen, if that don't tell the Knicks fans, like, yo, we need to get some offense that said, I don't know what else does because they did a hack and shot, dude. <laughs> like, You're absolutely right. But now, now but here's, here's my next question because we're, we're addressing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the, you know the, the top front line. We, you know, we haven't really touched the wings. And you know, I think I think that goes without saying because you mentioned R.J. Barrett a little while ago, and you know his his contract extension does kick in this year, so he does make you know roughly over twenty something million dollars. And then you're also looking at Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes yeah. is coming off his first the first year being a starter. Yeah. Did okay. Um, you know, really held it down on defense. Um, he showed the. He showed that he can knock on the shot every now and then whenever you give him a chance to. But do you make an improvement there or any kind of change there? Because, when you, because like, like you said, in the free agency, um, you know, that starts on July 1st, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of names in, ter- in terms of, like, you know, power forwards and centers. I mean, there's a few of them we mentioned, well, but there's not that many. But I, uh... there's, a, there, there's a number of guards two guards and and small forwards that are out there. And there's, I mean, R.J. Barrett's still, you know, a trade commodity that you can possibly, you know, get yeah. net something for him. Do we do that? Well, well, to answer your question, um, I 
I, I will run back the pieces we currently have, just upgrade the center and maybe somebody to come off the bench to help uh, the scoring off the bench. So, RJ, yeah, I understand the um, – first of all, let's give RJ his flowers. I know you probably saw my tweets about that because we'll probably talk a little bit about that in 10 minutes, what happened with the, the guys ahead of him in that draft class. Call for what you want, man. This guy's been so far a model citizen. Publicly hasn't really disgraced us, and we kind of needed that because can you imagine if it would have been Morant and Zion on the Knicks and all that shit has had to happen over the last month, and, and they would have been Please Knicks? God. We would never hear that. Yeah, right, exactly. So, RJ – Despite his struggles on the court, you know, they just got to find a way to develop him. And the Knicks had a, had a huge development problem. I said in uh, when you were gone, I believe, um, over the last three weeks, the, the best two teams or the two teams that are in the finals, to me, are the best two teams that had the best development system in the league. I would probably throw Toronto in there that? the last five years. Or did you? Okay, so the Knicks – if anything, we need to look into a development of these players. Now, as far as Quentin Grimes, I, listen, I remember I was crucial on him in the midterm grades. But after that episode, he played better in the rest of the regular season in those 20 games. And especially uh, he carried that over from that All-Star uh, break. Remember, he had like 27 points in the, uh, the, uh, the exhibition game in All-Star weekend. And he carried that over because he bumped up that three-point that uh, three point percentage from like what? Under the league average, 34% up to 38. That's pretty damn good for a 20 games, a 20 uh, a 20 game stretch. Go up at least what three to four points, and he was playing defense. Yeah, he struggles, but he's you know the guy. I think we could work with that. And I'm with you. That's like the rest of the the um, free agency. I, I remember seeing the list. None, none of those guys. I I'm not in. I'm not interested in a lot of those guys. I think we kind of got what we got. And remind you, here's the thing. We haven't said the division, right? At, look, at, look at the division. Brooklyn's not going to be there. Remember, Brooklyn was there a lot of the year into the trade with Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant. Boston Celtics, I don't know. They might be in a little bit of trouble after how they uh, lost to Miami. Uh, they should be good, but it takes a lot of energy to just get back to that point, and I think the Knicks are progressing. Uh, Toronto is not better than the Knicks. And then Philadelphia lost. I mean, the Knicks have a chance to actually a, – a real, real chance next season. Keep the guys in place. You might have a chance to win the division next season. You might. Why not? I, 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 was, I was thinking the same exact thing. The same exact thing I was thinking. Like, because if you look at, cause you look at, at our division, like you said, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's success came before the Kyrie-Kevin Durant trades. Um, Toronto – I think they're going to get. I think they're a little bit better. I think they're going to get better. Um, you know, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do with um, with Van Fleet and seeing if they're going to resign him or, or, or they're going to retain him or, or what they're going to do with him. Um, Philadelphia more than likely is going to lose James Harden. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, there's too much flirtation there between him returning back to Houston and and and, and that and that thing. And then, of course, it'll just be a matter of time until Embiid's going to want to be out. And I know that that was something that was being talked about. Um, it, it seemed like as soon as we were a limit, as soon as, 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 as the conference final started, they were talking about MB to the Knicks. Um, so no. I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I just saying I'm just saying that no. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but uh, I believe when I see it. Like these, they, I just say, Knicks fans. Let me tell you. Listen to Donardo DP on Twitter. Go to your favorite movie blog site out there. Go watch some movies, man. Stop 
spending all day trying to dream up scenarios that probably will not happen, man. There's too much time wasted. Oh, yeah, the Josh Hart, we got to get to that real quick. They got to find a way to sign him because if you don't sign him, this, this whole plan just falls apart because, as you saw, he was the glue. You literally turned Kevin Knox into Josh Hart from that Kevin Knox pick, trades, Cam Reddish turned into Josh Hart. Let's try to keep Josh Hart. He's great energy. I know the money. Listen, he's worth it, man. I mean, I mean, not to overpay him, but he's a valuable piece. Why the Knicks got to, uh, got to the um, uh, the fifth seed? You know, outside of Brooklyn, uh, you know, trade the Brooklyn trade, but even beating Cleveland, he's uh, he is like listen. The, you, we all he's know our dog. The, the, he's, he's he's basically he's probably our best dog. He's probably our best dog. You can't let he, he got to figure out make it work. He I think he embraces playing with the Knicks or in New York, and you got to find a way to keep him. The I mean if you don't then, then it's like who, I don't know how I, we go back to a, a seven eight seed. You, you you do. You're pretty much. I think you're right, and and, and, and I think that and, and, and I think here's here's the thing. I think that yeah. that, that um I don't see Josh Hart really going anywhere. Um, I, I see that um, Leon yeah, Rose and uh, and company they're they're more than likely gonna they're gonna move Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier off our books, um, and they'll probably right. move another piece here and there. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Josh Hart is gonna be one of those players that you know that, you know that we move a little bit of you know take over a couple of mountains to you know to to keep and retain. Um, yeah. The thing is, is that what else do you, you know? What do you bring back with them? Because at the same time, you mentioned it a little while ago, they need more help on you know coming off the bench and and, right, and right. you know with quick with quickly in 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 his contract situation, Toppin is you know if his development is just not there yet, we need something that we need someone who can get us an easy ten buckets a night. You know, ten buckets, ten points, and, and and you know, you know, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists in fifteen twenty minutes. We need one of those guys, and who can you know, who can cause enough ruckus in you know in the opposition. Um, there are guys available. Um, you know, one guy that kind of really impressed me. Um, that's also it's available, Max Bruce. He kind of impressed me a lot. You know, d- during that Miami series with the Knicks and and, and just his, his performance against Milwaukee, I think that he would be a great, uh, you know, a great fit. Um, I'm thinking, I'm, there's a couple of guys out there. I, I mean, you can even get a Grant Williams, um, a Karis Levert. I don't. I, 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 I think Levert may be a little bit out of our range, but you know, you can get yeah. some more some more guards and some more um, shooting. You know, involved to replace the Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier spots on the, on, the, on this roster because you're not getting anything out of them anyway. And, right. and I mean, well, you, you, you turned Fort, like you said, you turned Cam Reddish into Kevin into Josh no. Hart, and they paid dividends. Now no, you got to do the same turned, thing with, with Rose and Fournier. No, no, you turned Kevin Knox into Josh Hart because remember Kevin Knox was in that trade with Cam Reddish who became Josh Hart. So it really started from Kevin Knox. Um, and I, I don't want to lose that value. So I don't want to lose that value. Um, the development yeah. of what? Again, uh, I, I, mean, I understand the premise. Um, I, I just feel like the Knicks, um, 
benefit more if they, if they get more wing help. Um, you know, I agree with because, that. Um, because you really don't know what you're going to – I mean, I don't know – I don't know how I feel about Emmanuel quickly. I know a lot of people want to keep him. I know a lot of fans – and you know what? If he stayed, I wouldn't hate the idea. It's not something that, like you know, like I hate the kid or, or I love the kid. It's more like, you know, is this the best we're going to get from him right now? Or does he need, a, a, you know, yeah. a new place to, 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 and, and a new role, you know, for him to ascend into the next into the next echelon, to, you know, to kind of take over um, Maxi um, in, in terms of, you know, who's the better, who, you know, who, who's the better guard um, of the two? I I don't know. There's some guys out there, but I'm I'm kind of like hesitant on and I'm pulling the trigger on some of them. All right. All right. So my last point before we move on to the NBA uh, or the rest of the NBA on what you say, the Knicks have a development issue. We would not be having this conversation on bringing other guys in if they develop topping, if they develop quickly, Amen. if they develop uh, of these guys. So honestly. I don't know if management internally are looking at that more so than anything, because if these guys are not producing at the level we want them to produce, the issue is within the development, the coaching on the staff. So as far as quickly, let me, uh, let me see next. Uh, let, let's, I'll, I'll probably get into it next week. Let me dig more into that. And I like what you said about Struess. That's a nice piece. He's a three point shooter. He'll play a little bit of some better defense. Uh, you know, Miami find these guys off the street, so they probably would let him go if he's available. So I, I'll leave it at that on that. Anything, any uh, final thoughts on the Knicks before we get to the rest of the league? We'll talk about uh, the other uh, the Nuggets and everybody else. My final thought on the Knicks is, um, folks, I've said it once. I'm going to say it again. Tom Thibodeau is the head coach of the Knicks. He does not deserve to be fired. That's it. That's crazy talk. Yeah, that is crazy talk, man. I don't understand why they're talking about that, man. Yeah, I thought he did. I thought he pushed the right buttons. But um, we'll, next Wednesday we'll be back on and we'll talk about that um, with the with the uh, you know the Knicks with the, quickly topping. But the rest of the NBA, the, the Nuggets win the championship. Are you surprised, Av? I know you said at the top with um, them winning the championship, the first NBA championship. Uh, they actually have the best odds right now going to next season uh, with the betting uh, to repeat as champions. What are your thoughts so as far as the Nuggets winning the championship? Uh, I think, did the Mellow trade have anything to do with that? <laughs> what are your thoughts, man? And then anything else around the league we could talk about? Any team, any player situation, whatever. Well, the Denver Nuggets um... – Look, I, I'm not going to congratulate them. I kept my caps on them. They, you know, they, they, you know, they did. Um, they've been playing, you know, hard basketball, you know, down in the Mile High City for the last three, four years, and they've been, you know, pretty consistent. Um, and, and it's exactly like you said. They've been developing these players and this team the correct way under the radar for you know, you know, ever since the Carmelo Anthony trade and. Um, they did it the right way, and, and, and you know I'm not going to say that they don't deserve the title. Obviously, they do. Um, in terms of them repeating this champion, I have to balk at that a little bit, just because I just don't see the rest of the league not trying to arm themselves and trying to improve themselves. And you know, because you have to look at it, you know, you have to look at it at some of the you know the big names out there. You know, they're down to their final legs. You know, there's talk of LeBron possibly retiring. There's talk of 
you know, you know, Steph Curry possibly walking away at, you know, as soon as his contract is up, which is another another two years. You know, you're not gonna get that much time left, you know, out of that Warriors dynasty if if there is any any time left in there. Um, Giannis is gonna have to figure something out if he's gonna stay in Milwaukee, and and you know, what is he gonna take to get somebody else to help him there? Um, because I just don't think that they have the pieces now for them to compete. Um, you mentioned Boston about how they're going to be in trouble. If, if you paid attention to Boston in the last, I don't know, six, seven years, they don't stay in trouble that long. Um, you know, they just – magic just happens in Boston when it comes to, you know, those Celtics. Um, and then, of course, the Miami Heat, you know, now they're in the market of – you know, with a lot of their players going into free agency, and they're going to, you know, NBA rumor mill, is, you know, it runs a mile a minute. You know, they're already throwing out names like Bradley Beal to Miami or or, or Damian Lillard to, to the Heat or this guy or that guy. And, you know, you can't discount that. You, you, you know, you, you can't just, like, you know, just say, ah, whatever. No, you have to kind of, like, really think about it. It's like, you know what? Pat Riley knows how to freaking talk to players. He knows, and Eric Spolstra is a very good coach. He's been underrated for you know for a, a, quite a few years, and he's a very good coach. He learned from Riley well and brought in some of his own style into this. And you know, Miami's a, is 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 a, is a lot is very attractive. It's very attractive to go down there. You know, you know the weather's nice. The, the state taxes in Florida are easier to deal with than it is in you know in, in other places and. You know, Miami has that heat culture that you, that you were mentioning, um, you know, during that playoff series. There, you know, there are going to be some players. I'm not saying that, there, that every player is going to be want to be, you know, want to be down with that, but there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be, that they're going to want to be part of that heat culture. They're, you know, and, you know, to, to some degree, you wish, Let me. you really wish that Dave Checkett did what he had to do to get to keep Pat Riley, you know, in you know, in New York to bring that heat culture here to to New York, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, well, and then me, of course oh, the let Western let me, Conference. Let me, let me, said, hold on, hold on, before hold on, before you go on, let me address that heat culture so I can be very crystal clear what I meant by that. When Miami players or free agents, NBA players look at heat culture, they're looking at just Miami, the lifestyle, the players. Like if they go in, uh, like you know, free agents. The free agents that sign with that team, they're looking at playing in Miami 41 games a year. Most of the weather is going to be at least 70 degrees during the winter. Let's be honest, Abby. We can keep it a buck. It's going to be women and parties for a lot of these dudes under 30. And you probably have, you're probably in the top two NBA city for that lifestyle when it comes to the player aspect signing with the Heat, when it comes to Heat culture. 41 games playing in Miami, that's not a bad deal, especially if you're somebody who grew up in, like, a colder uh, habitat. Miami's damn near a, a spring break every day. Uh, when I said heat culture uh, after game three um, uh, when the Knicks lost, I'm talking about, okay, let me put it like this. It, it was basically what you were alluding to with what you said about Riley and what they've done. See, they, if you walk around that arena and then you see nothing but, like, like pictures of old school heat stuff. Like, I mean, you see this in most arenas, but they did it a little different to the point. Like it's in your face. They're really trying to promote it from the organization perspective. I don't think the fans are in it on it like that. Yeah. You might have a couple of season ticket holders. That's all in since 1989 or whatever. Glenn Rice, Bimbo Coles, 
uh, Ronnie Cycli. I mean, yeah, you know, there, there might be some guys. Khalid most Reeves. Heat fans don't. Yeah, right. Most most Heat fans don't know who those guys are, and that's why I say the, the Heat culture from a fan perspective is fake because a lot of them probably just jumped on since Wade. Uh, you know, when Wade and Shaq, LeBron, Bosh. Like, the bandwagon, basically. We talked about that years ago. Bandwagon. So there's different aspects of this heat culture from a three-way perspective. There's the organizational perspective from Riley and Spolster, where they really buy in and they develop those players. That's what I'm talking about. Developing of those players. Like, these, a lot of those guys were undrafted. They just plug them in, fit them into a system. Other part of heat culture is, like, when you're – it's literally like a, like a museum of all the old heat stuff. I mean, a lot of NBA arenas do this. But they were trying to really feed it down your throat when it came to that when you go to their arena. And then the other aspect, like I said, is the bandwagon fans. Like, they're just along for the ride. So when I said the, the players that signed with that team, they really loved the, the weather. I mean, it's, it's quite evident. And then the, the development from a coach's perspective. So that's, I wanted to really be clear on what I meant by that uh, from a heat, when I say heat culture. Uh, where are your other thoughts? Well, well, I'm just saying, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to have that it's kind that. of lifestyle? It, 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 yeah. I mean, like you were just saying, <laughs> say, you would, say, say that you're an all-American player from Bismarck, North Dakota, or, 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 or like Gary, Indiana, or something, and then you know, all of a sudden, you're sitting at that, you're sitting at the negotiating table with Pat Riley. And he puts down those rings and he gives you this more or less similar talk than he gave LeBron. And then he takes you out on a yacht around South Beach. And, and then you're around nothing but beautiful Cuban women drinking Cuban coffee, um, you know, dancing the night away. And then, you know, you walk into the arena, you wear I'm, – I'm, I'm not going to front. You know, the, the, the Miami jerseys are, are kind of tight. And, you know, they're more fashionable than, 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 than most. And they can wear those. I mean, there's. It's a welcoming experience. Uh, I'm pretty sure for any free agent that goes down there, you know. Let you me would throw you wish. a curveball. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Go finish your thought. I have, a, I have a curveball for you. Okay. So if you would heat, wish, if that you would wish what? No, you would wish what? I'd wish that the Knicks would would change up a lot of the uh, a lot of that stuff here because if um here's the difference between. You know what you just mentioned about heat culture and the Knicks culture. The Knicks training facility is in Tarrytown, which is, if you don't know where that is, yeah. that's, that's practically in upstate Westchester. New York. That's in Westchester, in Westchester County. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you live in, say, Long Island or New Jersey or just outside of the city, you have to get into the city to go up to that freaking town. And then you have to fight New York City traffic to go from Tarrytown into Manhattan to, you know, to, um, to play at the Garden. And then right. fight New York City traffic to go home. And I'm right, you're right. Yeah, you could, right. you could, you could, I mean, you could talk about the New York City nightlife all you want. There's nothing, there's nothing in the world that compares to it. But when you're talking about those, the, the, you know, the, the, those blistering winters and you know those crazy snowstorms and the overpopulation and the horrible traffic and the pay for parking and for this, it's. It's night and day. Not saying that New York is not a great place to live. Obviously, I still live here and, 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 and I enjoy it. But when you talk about all the hassles that come in with living in New York City as opposed to living in, and plus the state taxes, which I mentioned about Florida, you can't, I mean, it's an easy sell to pick Miami over New York any day of the week 
unless you're 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 promising them a free agent player, you know, you're going to get a a, a a reoccurring role on Law and Order SVU. <laughs> That's the only thing that you could possibly sell them well, on. Well, let me say this. Could you imagine if the Miami Heat existed in the early 70s in the Knicks' heyday? So the point I'm going to ask you is, do you think if the Knicks or the NBA had free agency to what it is was player-driven today versus if it wasn't like that back in the day, do you think the Heat would have just as much success, let's say under a Riley circumstance in the early 70s? Would the Knicks even win a championship? Do you see Clyde, you know, in his fur coats and in his suits? Do you think you think he transfers that to Miami if the team existed in the early seventies? Listen, I mean, the point I'm trying to say is you can make the argument what the Nick culture what was in the early seventies, Studio Fifty Four, the music scene, New York City was. I mean, that was it. It still is the it town, but it really was in the seventies before social media. Miami is kind of like what the New York what the New York. Listen, I would say aura. The energy, as far as the, for what NBA players want, like you get the treatment. I mean, you still get great treatment as a professional player to this day. But like you said, it's the weather, it's the climate. Do you think if the if Miami, the Heat, the franchise existed in the early '70s and they had a management ran like Pat Riley ran, do you think the Knicks have the success that they had, or do you think the Heat win championships like they're doing now or get into finals? Well, you have to com- the only thing that we have to compare that to is the uh-huh. success of the Miami Dolphins of of, of, of that time. And um, okay. they know, won. They won one. They did win. Um, they so won undefeated. There's a very, <laughs> went undefeated. So, 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 so there's a very strong argument that it's possible. However, the environment in Miami was a little bit different than it is today. Um, you, you know, back then – when you're talking about, you know, um, the political environment and, the, and, and just like, you know, just, you know, the, the constant turnover and turmoil that, that existed in Miami because of, um, you know, the Cuban refugees of the 80s and things of that sort. That's um, I don't fair, know. Fair. I, fair. I, I don't know. But, but sometimes know. those things don't even play a, don't even play a factor. I mean, it played a factor for the 70s, and, you know, for the Yankees, you, you know, during those um, during that murder spree in, in the late in the Bronx is burning and everything like that, but I, you, you right, never right. know. I mean, do they win championships? Probably. Um, they probably win one well, before they did. Uh, in, 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 uh, what was it? Twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, or something like that. I forgot what year they won it, but well, they would win it. I'll, you make great points. The political point on. You're right about the Cuban refugee. That is, that's an element that you got to kind of throw in there because that was the climate at that time down there in the 70s. But I'll also look at it like this. Look at the Lakers, right, how the Lakers in the 70s, every player wanted to – basically the Lakers was pretty much Miami before Miami got there. My, L.A. was your, pretty much your primary option where players really wanted to go. That's why they have so many fucking all-stars since the 60s. Even though they couldn't get past the Celtics in the 60s, early 70s, Look at all the all the Hall of Famers that they had. You know what I'm saying? They Kareem forced, you know, got out of Milwaukee to go to play for the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the Shaq, same thing. Forced to trade out of Orlando, even though Miami was already there at that point. You know, maybe seven, six, seven years at that point. The point is, um, Miami today is kind of like they they kind of 
even the field is why a lot of players haven't gone to the Lakers, or even more players have, would have went to the Lakers because of that climate factor. I mean, there's no it's it's clear on those players' choices. Like they want to play in warm weather places when it's cold. <laughs> It's just if the NBA season was at the time of the year like the WNBA like right now, I think we'd be having a totally different. Because I think players would definitely embrace playing in New York when it's 80, 85 degrees out in June. You know what I'm saying? It, there's more to do. It ain't snowing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they'll, they'll tolerate and, the traffic and, to Cherry Town and back. So yeah, right. And and, and 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 you know, I mean, in terms of in, in terms of climate, I mean, you know. Summers here in New York are, are great, and sometimes that can be brutal. I mean, just ask anybody, anybody who goes to a Met or Yankee game, especially those who are, who are at the Subway Series right now. Um, you, know, playing, you know, playing in New York, you know, in the middle of the warm weather, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a different atmosphere, and, you know, it's a different life. Um, yeah, you, you, you know, you, get, you feel the heat from the, we- the weather, and you feel the heat from the press, but you don't – but at the same time, when you're winning – Everything gets magnified by a thousand. I mean, if you don't believe me, ask David Wright, ask David, uh, ask Derek Jeter, ask anybody who's played in the summer here in New York City. They will all tell you winning here is just crazy, and you know you want to be part of that winning environment. Um, would the Heat have had that during that time? I don't know. It depends on their it depends on their whole corporate structure and, and, and you know just how their whole player development would have worked back then. But I could see them being successful at some point and definitely winning that title before 2006, I remember now. They would have won that title before that, and they would have a little bit more, you know, a, a little bit more history and tradition that goes with, the, you know, with that quote-unquote heat culture. Um, because they were an expansion team in the, in the late 80s, you know, they, you know, it took them a while to get off the ground. Well, right. you know, now they are where they are. You know, now they have the three banners, and, you know, they're looking to add some more, and it's because of, you know, someone like a, like a Mickey Aronson and, of course, a Pat Riley. But, that's, you, know, that'll, you know, that's the whole what if. What if this situation was, was explained that way? We don't know that. Well, well, I mean, if you just look at recent history, it's just the fact that if you see all the players that went to L.A. to play for the Lakers – Right, and then you can also argue, well, why didn't they go to the Clippers? That's a fair question. I mean, well, you know, when you play for the Lakers and you're winning, you're you're pretty much on top of the world. Um, well, remember like when, San Diego Clippers at the time too. Well, well, yeah, that, yeah, that 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 argument. Well, they, they, let's be honest. They did not like the owner. Like that, that also goes into effect as well. And remember, we have the Dolan effect as well, so you got to take that into account. Uh, the the Clippers had that um, um, that that owner man they 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 forced him out remember oh man I forget his name Donald Sterling. Sterling yeah Sterling that 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 kind uh, of that kind of if you and that's so if you had you got, you know the ownership the management kind of has to be in sync as well because they're not going to just play for any NBA owner as well so that that you got to keep that in mind. But I mean, it's the same reason why. I mean, any player could play for the Orlando Magic, but they don't go down there. <laughs> I mean, you could you could do you could do Disney in, in a week with the family and, and call it a wrap. Like, I mean, Orlando's a nice town and all; it's really comfortable. But it ain't Miami for these under thirty NBA players. It ain't Miami. No, totally different. Absolutely and not. It's the same uh, 
It's exactly like that. If you if you compare Florida <laughs> to uh, how, how professional wrestling was in the 80s, you had Ric Flair who, who, who promoted sex, drugs, and alcohol while Hulk Hogan was, yeah. was promoting milk and cookies. That's what Orlando is compared to Miami. Orlando is the Hulk Hogan, and, and Ric Flair is definitely the Miami. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. That's perfect. That's a, you nailed it, man. Absolutely. Without a question. Um, Denver Nuggets, go back to the Denver Nuggets. Listen, they had a good run. Um, Jokic, you know, after the two MVPs, you know, he got his just due, man. He, I remember the one episode when Dom came on after he had the 53-point triple-double versus Phoenix. Like, listen, I mean, they – I was a little – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised they won the championship because sometimes Denver, they've, got, they've had good teams. I mentioned the 2018 team a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week. They've had good rosters. I thought even deeper rosters than the one they had this year, and they couldn't get past, like, let's say – uh, the Lakers. Um, yeah, but, you know, uh, they, you know, Sacramento is, you know, I don't think, you know, the Sacramento Kings we talked about, you know, with Sabonis and um, De'Aaron Fox, that team's on the up. I'll give it, I'll, I'll say that. That's on the up. The Golden State Warriors, I still think they have maybe one more run in them. One more. They got hurt. That Wiggins situation kind of hurt them a little bit, uh, the, the Andrew Wiggins. Uh, with him out all those games due to personal reasons. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at all the, all the teams in the West. Phoenix has a lot of issues because outside of they got to reconstruct their team entirely, entirely. Um, so it's, it's really hard. Like, like, why not the Nuggets coming out the West? Who's 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 a who's a formidable foe? Out maybe the maybe the Kings. I think the Kings. You could you could say okay, the Kings are probably could make the Western Conference Finals despite all the other teams' issues. Uh, the Lakers, um, you never know what Anthony Davis, and you said about LeBron's retirement. Um, out West, what are your thoughts as far as, you know, from uh, going forward into next season based on what you know of these uh, current rosters? Um, that It's a bit of a crapshoot because if you look at it, all right, so the Denver Nuggets, best team in the NBA, uh, really, best team in the West. Um, they had the best record in the Western Conference. They won the NBA title. They came out of the West. And um, the good news, if you're a Nuggets fan, is that ma- the majority of that team is under contract for at least another year, so they can run that team back no problem. Um, so, you know, to answer your question, you know, who's mm-hmm. out there that could possibly be, you know, a formidable uh, opponent for them? It would have to West, be the Sacramento yeah. Kings. It would have to be the yeah. Sacramento Kings because even though Memphis had the year that they had, you do not know what is you know what is going to be the after effect of the John Morant situation. You don't really know how this is going to affect the team, yeah. how it's going to affect him, how it's going to affect the whole you know the whole outlook of the organization, and will all those things factor into you know the, into their success? I think that it will. Because you know, if you listen to if you listen to you know all this talk radio and all no, the, and all the articles, but no, but say say if you do, you listen to all that. This is a very big deal. This is a very big deal. And I mean, you don't. You know, I mean, if you follow the NBA, you don't really need to know like listen to other people to say that. I mean, that's quite obvious. He's going to get suspended. And the, the Grizzlies are. They were one of those teams. 
they're, 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 they should be better with him. And remember, we saw it a couple of years ago. Remember, he got hurt, and the team was still doing well without him. It was really weird. But right. they're going to need him. They're going to need him, just like the Pelicans are going to need Zion. Like, the Pelicans are in, like, a, a similar situation. And we'll, I'll, I'll talk about them next after we talk about the Grizzlies. But, yeah, I'm with you. Av. Like, outside of the West, I mean, in the West, it's uh, – and, you know, I'm still not on that Clippers start. I, 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 I just don't like what they're doing with the, the Clippers. With all these guys – all it's like, remember they remind me of the tw- the 2000 um Portland Trailblazers. That that's that that's that team kind of but that team was a little bit better the Portland Trailblazers. Remember that team with uh, Rasheed Wallace? I Pippen, remember that team very well. Damon Stoudemire, like all these older all stars guys, you know, big names contributors, but they don't go they don't go nowhere. That's the Clippers. You there? Oh, okay, so I don't, I, I don't know what happened if you dropped or whatever, but uh, no, I didn't drop. I just had a I, apologies. I just had a kid emergency. Just, 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 just kids okay. going crazy. Um, we talk yeah. about the Clippers. I'm not buying that stuff. I, I'm, I, I refuse to, I refuse to, to, to get down that road for, 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 for the Clippers. The Clippers to me, um, they're just, they're just a, a, a um. They're almost like the Brooklyn Nets, where they, they kind of look nice on, you know, as window dressing, but they just don't have. I don't think that the players that they have, although they're great in their own individual rights, I just don't see that that organization is going to ever get over the pump if they're just going out the players from the face value. They need character guys. I don't know what you know who's out there that's available to be for character, but I don't see that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is ever going to work together. Considering how their, you know, their health is always going to be a huge, you know, indicator as to whether that team is going to compete this year or not. Um, I think that if if I were the Clippers, I would seriously, seriously, and, and heavily consider, you know, blowing that team up and restarting from the ground up, and. The, the the huge benefit that it, you know that, that they do have over every other NBA team is that they are in Los Angeles. They are in a nice warm weather city. They do have you, you know you know they have a pretty good organization of, you know trying to find their footing after the whole Donald Stern situation, and you know their owner does want to win. So I think that it's about time that they really look at look at look at themselves in the mirror and say you know what Kawhi. PG, thank you for your service. We tried, we, we tried everything that we could. Where can we move you so that we can start getting some assets back? Because I think that it's about time that they start um, rebuilding from the draft. I just don't ever see them getting past a certain level. Like a first, you know, they're probably a, you know a first round or a second round exit every year, if that, if they make the playoffs at all. Well, what I do know. Um, the general manager, Michael, uh, Michael Winger, I think, okay, here's the thing. Let's start with the owner. You're right. They, they got an owner with a lot of deep pockets. They're building a new arena near, near that um, Rams dome that in Inglewood. So they're actually leaving uh, downtown LA because they put in a lot of money and in infrastructure. They stay in Inglewood. So basically where the Lakers used to play, they're going to be right in that area, a uh, whole complex and they're putting a lot of capital, a lot of money into that. You know, I don't know if they're going to be – you know what? That's a great question. I 
I think it might, you know, that owner, I think he is in tied with, with um, Kawhi Leonard. And he does a lot for the community. And that, it's a, it depends on who you talk to, like owners, if that goes a long way or not. Because they were really trying to rebrand their image and be a little bit different than the Lakers out there in L.A. Um, I, that's a great question. I don't know. I would have to really um, look at it and study it and make sense of it because I don't think they're they, – I just think they – like you said, they're a bunch of window dressers. They don't play every game. And you just – they're just not like, – it, 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 it seemed like it made sense when Paul George was available – uh, uh, do remember the backdoor deals that he got, you know, to get to be a Clipper. Then after Kawhi won the, the championship with the Raptors, it looked like, damn man, the Clippers are going to be on their way. But there's something that like the, it's just missing, and they're getting a little bit older. I just don't think they have what it takes to beat Sacramento right now. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm just not buying what they're selling as. I'm really not. Uh, and then if you look at somebody like the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's a, you know, I don't think they're they're not a Western Conference Finals team, but I do think there's a team that could probably get out of the first round, based based off what they are currently. I think they're ready to make that step to win a first round series. They just got to get out of that playing game situation, and win the first round. Avoid Denver. They had to, they had to play the Denver Nuggets. That was a tough matchup for them. Uh, but yeah, and the West is not that strong, honestly. Because if you, if you really like, you know, Warriors are getting old, the Lakers are getting older. I mean, it's really between Denver and Sacramento that I could think of. I can't really think of it. Like the West is not as strong as we used to know the West. Like to me, the more they are, the teams are in the East. Or <laughs> well, okay, if you want to throw in the Mavericks, nah, not even the Mavericks. I'm not even sold on the Mavericks because they they oh they definitely fizzled when Kyrie got there. Yeah, go ahead. All right, never mind. Um, yeah, just go ahead and jump in and speak with, uh, whenever you're ready. But I was just saying, um, Dallas, I'm not buying what they were doing. Man, that was a disaster what they did. The Mavericks. San Antonio's uh, rebuilding, got a first pick. Houston, all the Texas teams stink, honestly. So Phoenix, um, yeah, they're rebuilding. I mean, damn, the West is weak. I mean, Denver... That, I mean, this is probably the reason why they got all the the, the, the odds to, to come out because their road to the the finals is really it, it's doable. It really is. They have a lot of uh, they have a lot of weak teams ahead of them, and a lot of these teams have issues that's literally off the court. Kyrie, with all the stuff he was going through, the bullshit with the media, John Morant with the gun shit in Memphis. Zion Williamson with hoes and thoughts and porn stars and shit like that. Like, last year is going to catch up with three of those teams. Minnesota has a chance to go up. Utah, we were drinking a lot of their Kool-Aid earlier in the year, but they came back down to earth, despite, you know, marketing, you know, you know, playing a comeback player of the year type shit. But um, Phoenix, they need a lot of pieces. They, that's a team I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye out on as far as reconstructing around Booker and Durant. But outside of that, I mean, Sacramento's on their way, man. Sacramento is definitely on their way uh, in the uh, Denver Nuggets. This is really much between those two, if you was to ask me. Now, Portland, I don't see nothing with Portland. I don't see nothing with OKC. Oh, now, OKC, you know, they're going to make the play in at minimum. 
uh, like they just did this past season. Uh, and I know Shea Gilgis Alexander had that unfortunate hit to the eye, and I think that knocked them out of the Minnesota game in the play-in. But, uh, you know, okay, see, I can see them in the, in the, in the play-in situation. Maybe making them uh, outright a, a six or a seven next season. I could definitely see that. Um, but, yeah, the West is weak, man. West is really, really weak, man. Um, yeah, but now, if I go back to the East, I'm gonna, let me just a quick uh, browse, a quick bird's-eye view how I see the East outside of the Knicks. Let's see. Boston, like I said, um, they got issues, man. What we talked about when Philadelphia lost to them in Game 7. We'll get to Philly. Oh, I'll get to Philly. Boston, the way they went out against Miami, down 3 nothing. They game back 3-3, and then when Tatum hurt the ankle, it was all she wrote. I mean, they got young players. It's just that they just they got to deliver when it when it when it matters. And maybe they ran into the wrong opponent where they came to to the um, the Miami Heat. But um, yeah, the, yeah, Boston. They they, they just they, they, Miami took their will. Let's, let's just leave it at that. The Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, you could look, you could blame it on Miami. Yeah, I mean, you blame it on Miami on that as well. They put the clamps on. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Chris Middleton was a little bit off in that series, and they just weren't the same. They just definitely were not the same. Um, they're getting older in age, and Ab brought it up earlier in the earlier part of the uh, episode about Brooke Lopez's availability, mid-level exception. I think they got maybe a couple more years run. They do have a great free, but damn it, did he struggle. God damn, he struggled in the playoffs terribly. You know, and it's good for them that they got the championship out of the way because, man, that's one of those teams that did not get the championship. It could have been one of those teams. Man, remember those 2020, the 2023, 24 Milwaukee Bucks of that four-year run? And, man, they did not get a, a – they didn't get not one championship. They at least got one championship over Phoenix. So let's, let's give them credit where credit is due, man. We'll definitely uh, give them uh, props on that. I would also say – Let's see, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, man. Like, you know, I, this Philadelphia thing with Embiid um, and, and Harden. I mean, Harden may not be back on the team or whatever. New head coach, Nick Nurse. Philadelphia's hard to read. I mean, they're, they're a playoff team based off what we know of as far as personnel, but what, they replace James Harden. Who did they replace it with? It's like, it's always. That part, you know, until I actually see it, I'm not going to waste time on rumors. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, you can speculate on contracts and things like that. And I haven't really thought that deep. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to make a bold thought or guess on what Philadelphia is going to do. But, um, you know, they had, they had the Celtics where they wanted them and they, they, they dropped the ball and that Rivers got fired. So... This is why I say in the East, I, you know, the Knicks, I think, have a chance to win the division. You know, they just probably have to get past the Boston Celtics uh, and get, grab a high seed and go from there. They just got to get some pieces off the bench. You know, we talked about the Knicks in that first 45 minutes of the hour. And then Toronto, when I look at the Toronto um, Raptors, uh, they're not there. Uh, they got the, all these wings. Uh, they haven't been the same since Kawhi Leonard. Uh, whatever the availability of an older agent um, – Fred Van Vliet, who's a serviceable, serviceable guard. I mean, he stepped in and replaced him after Kyle Lowry. 
uh, was gone or departed ways. But um, yeah, I you know I think them, you know they they were a playing team. They lost to the Bulls, but um, outside of that, you know Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, and I think the Knicks is in there. Like I mean, what about Cleveland? Right? We haven't talked about Cleveland much tonight. Uh, Cleveland. Ooh, that's a that's an interesting one. How do they respond? How do they add? What do they add to their roster to get past the first round of the playoffs? That's a great question. It seemed like outside of Donovan Mitchell and who actually didn't have like all world games, like I thought he could have uh, credit to the Knicks defense in that first round of the series. Uh, I think um, that's a team to be on the lookout for as far as what do they add. To their roster, I think they have good pieces already. I just think um, uh, that's a team that actually could sneak up. I would say sneak, but they could definitely improve for sure and 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 take a take a spot or two. Maybe they they could get up to a three seed. You know, they they probably could. Um, they shown the ability to maintain that four seed pretty much all year round. And Milwaukee and um. Uh, Boston ahead of them, so yeah, I, I, and Philly. So yeah, Cleveland, they they that's a team that could probably get the three seed. Uh, Mobley played well, Mitchell played well. You know, I don't know what they're going to do to replace Levert if they was to go that route. I would also say uh, uh, Garland. You know, Garland, as for an undersized two guard, he played well. I will give him his just due. I, I you know, all star level well too. Um, I, you know, him playing with uh, Colin Sexton for those couple of years, coming out of uh, Vanderbilt, uh, Darius Garland. I, I think um, add some uh, some uh, some more from some uh, behind Allen, Jared Allen, and uh, Eric Mobley, uh, Evan Mobley, that they would add uh, more dudes. Off the bench, uh, you know they they kind of intertwine intertwine that um that guard situation with um, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. It, then the rest of the teams are just not going nowhere. I, I know Pistons got a lot of work. The, the Detroit Pistons got a lot of work. Indiana Pacers has a, they have a lot of work. That's why I say this, you know you could do a, a barter trade sale with that team. You know what I'm saying? Chicago's interesting too because it's one of those teams that. You look at them, and you say, you know what? They got the they got the finishers on the team. They got legit finishers. You know, uh, Zach Levine, Dem- Demar Derozan. They got the finishers, but then everything outside of that, and then maybe say Vucevic, they are weak, man. I mean, no, I know they added Patrick Beverly at the end of the year to add some character, local Chicago dude, right? But everything outside outside of that, man, it's like you know Patrick Williams. They weren't really getting much out of him. Um. Let's see. Uh, it seems like they were missing a wing that could really consistently score and rebound. Outside of the big three, they were kind of vulnerable, especially at the middle. And and but if they could fix that, man, you know, you know, I I, I actually in, like and enjoyed the the hero ball between Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. But the the rest of the roster was just a mess, man. That was a that was just the issue with uh, the Chicago Bulls, man. Um, well, well, am I missing any teams in the Central? Let me see. Let me see. I got Milwaukee. You know, they're, they're, they'll, they'll win their games, you know, after fight, firing uh, Bullenholzer, who 
wet the bed versus um, uh, the Miami Heat. Yeah, I think I got them all right. Detroit, Chicago, Indiana. Yeah, that's about it. And then now, oh, and then the and then the Southeast. You know, Miami is just you know that it's one of those teams that just they're gonna get through the regular season. They'll cruise through it. They may win the division, but you know maybe at forty games, forty two games. You know, it's one of those teams they at optimum level they'll get to a finals and lose in five, like they did this year at optimum level. You know, Jimmy Butler is just a Jekyll and Hyde offensively. Like he'll have fifty five plus or fifty plus versus Milwaukee, and then just ordinary. Ordinary versus the Denver Nuggets, man. It's just a, a, a wide range of what he is day in and day out of in the playoffs. Because any given night, he'll give you a lot of points and play, play a lot of defense. It's just hard to read, man. He's very, very hard to read. And, and then, you know, the Orlando Magic is actually on the up. Balo Banchero, uh, Wendell Carter, Suggs, Jalen Suggs. I know they added Mark Markel Fultz. Now I was just talking to Av about that. How a lot of players, Miami is the destination of players, obviously because of the lifestyle for these under thirty year old players in the uh, social media Instagram age. Like Orlando's never had that vibe. That's the reason why. <laughs> that's the reason why Penny left. That's the reason why all you know Shaq left. Uh, Dwight Howard left. You know, when they started to get a team or some sort of construction of the team, you could only but do amusement parks so much. You could only but do those restaurants so much. You got to still stay in shape. It's not like you can sit there and eat and get fat. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's the reason why a lot of those players, after four years, it's like going to college, right? Like, go away for four years, and then when that contract's up, you're going to greener pastures, or you're going to where you can still get some of that. That lifestyle, let's be honest, a lot of these players, you know, one of the perks of playing in the NBA is the lifestyle. That's just the way it is. That's the culture. And you're not going to get that in Orlando all year round. You you know, it's, it's just a place you bring the family. You can get great property out there. There's nice places to live. But as far as what they the, these players want, they want Miami. They want L.A., maybe a little bit New York. And I'll throw in a little bit of Chicago or Phoenix or something like that, warm places. Warm places. They're not trying to go to these cold places like that. They're just not. Unless they're really about the bag. They're really about the money, man. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, – did I mention anything? Charlotte's not going anywhere. They're just a mess. New ownership, Michael Jordan leaving. The Atlanta Hawks, it's just, just one – you know, ever since they beat the Knicks in the COVID year – and they got to the uh, conference finals versus the Bucks. They, they sputtered out after the year after that. Added Sadiq Bay was actually a nice move for them. They would not, you know what? That's the team to keep an eye on as well. I think that's the sleeper team. If they add some guys in free agency, um, Dejounte Murray and Trey Young, uh, maybe not the best guard combo, but they do play their roles well, and they could also play off of each other well. I think it's hard to read them, man. I mean, I mean, they lost to Boston. I get it. But, you know, the East is going to be a whole different looking East what we lost because of those teams in the Atlantic, man. 
And the Knicks are going to get better. I believe that for, for sure, man. I, I do definitely believe the Knicks are going to get better. But the Hawks, I think uh, they, their thing is to get out of that playing situation. So I think I got them all, right? I, I didn't really touch much on the, um, you, know, we, we, you know, I said it with Zion and, and the Pelicans and, and the Grizzlies out west. And I think that we kind of overset, you know, over um, – over, um, Overviewed all the teams from a summary level uh, standpoint, and that's cool. And that's kind of going to be the goal every other week this summer. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, The Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum, congratulations. Or like what Knickerbocker Ave said, he said it best. Tip your hat. We don't congratulate teams that are not our teams. We we tip our hat. All right? We tip our hat. Tip the hat to the uh, Denver Nuggets for getting their first NBA championship. Long overdue, by the way. You know, it's just the ABA-NBA merger. Um, We'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, I think on that episode, I'll have more insight on the draft prospects for the second half of the episode. We'll have more Knicks on the first half, of course. You know, Daniel, shout out to the, uh, the Ring Podcast Ranger Proud earlier on this week. Uh, check that out in the archives and tip your hat to the Las Vegas Golden Knights for winning their first Stanley Cup championship. Football on Thursday, first half, uh, Giants, big blue stuff, and then rest of the NFL uh, on the back end of the 45 on the uh, Blue Blue Show. So, sangre su, sangre su, ladies and gentlemen. It was good talking with Knickerbocker Ave. He had to go. Uh, we'll have more NBA talk, Knicks talk, NBA talk. Uh, first 45, our squad, if you, if you want it in for what we got to say for the back end for the 45, give us a listen. You can check out the next 45, just fast forward 45 minutes on the episode on the hoops, man. And we'll we'll chop it up like that, man. Also, outside of that, we bid you a, a definitely a good night and check you out on the social media. Sangre Azul, ladies and gentlemen, bleed blue. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like a finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like a finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?